Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Stacks. Uh, this is Jay. And I'm Ashana, and this is my boomstick. Wrong movie. Um, totally I, I just totally, movie. and I, I totally used up the thing that would have been great if we if we do Army of Darkness. True, Can't true. Do it now. Yep. I have to come uh, up with a different one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just as we started, I, I dropped a bunch of discs on my desk because I, I was holding a box set wrong. Uh, oh. Resolved. Good, good. Some uh, of these box sets uh, are tricky that you got to hold them a certain way. Yeah, it's it's the Matrix set and it's a little loose and it's just uh-huh. a bunch of it's a bunch of slim cases and just mm. slide right out of there. Uh, oh, I hate those. They hit a bunch of other stuff and whatever. This week is Zombie Week on the Stacks. Yes, it is. Uh, and our first film uh, is a 2006 uh, extremely independent shot on video feature. Uh, th- this is the first shot on video we've covered on here. No, no, no. Master I don't Baby think it is. It. Master well, Baby wasn't, was. wasn't Phobe as well? Right. Yes, Phobe too. Well, we've covered a lot of SOV we've, in we've our, our short period. That's crazy. Uh, I have kind of been into the genre of late. Uh, but this is a 2006 film from uh, first-time director Emily Hagens, who was uh, 12 years old when production began. Yeah, so this is interesting because it's simultaneously the most and least realistic zombie movie I've ever seen. There's a lot of places when I was going through my notes where I realized I'd written somehow <laughs> or for some reason. <laughs> Yep. And then a lot of and then a lot of other places where it's like, oh, yeah, this uh, correctly predicted um, the covid pandemic and how everyone would react to it. Well, that's sort of the most interesting element is how much it sort of reflects the future, whereas like looking at it in maybe 2015, I might have felt a lot differently, although I still would have been definitely entertained. It's it's quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is written, directed, and shot by Hagens uh, over the course of two years, uh, from ages 12 to 14, just in you know the the Austin scene with just you know a bunch of school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, over two years, I I didn't notice actually, because you'd think you'd notice that kind of thing, because from 12 to 14, you tend to grow a, a little bit. It tends to be noticeable. Indeed. I like I guess that's the whole production. I mean, I'm not quite sure how that fits together because like I did watch the documentary included on the disc. Uh, there, there's a whole feature length documentary, which is actually 20 minutes longer than the movie itself. <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie's about, what, 63 minutes long? 66. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it still feels a bit longer than it needs to be. There are places where it's a little logy, uh, and there are some scenes that are extremely confusing, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll sort of go <laughs> oh, those yes. and get to them. But like, yeah, so the, the documentary Zombie Girl on the disc, it, you know, is a separate feature and it was shot concurrently with the movie. They, like they were, oh, cool. they, so like they were kind of watching it being made at the time because like uh, she got a grant from some uh, like Austin Film Society thing. Mm-hmm. which uh, helped to 
you know, pay for the costs of the movie. Oh, that's cool. I'm, I, I should have watched the documentary. I wish I had, but I recommend it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting. It's, it's worth watching. Uh, like I, it's, it's not great, you know, but, uh, it, it's interesting to see behind the scenes. Uh, like a, there's a lot of drama. Yeah. Drama. Really? Not really drama. Just like, you know, it, tween drama so, like oh, you know, she just, see, yeah she was making it with her mom and there, there was just a lot of struggle there oh gosh yeah okay I'm, I'm just trying to imagine if i ever tried to make a movie with my mom and there Ooh. would be yeah there would be <laughs> and you know it taking two years yeah i mean i guess a lot of that is the post-production i know there had to be reshoots there were you know all sorts of issues uh but very interesting film, uh, totally just the, the film community of Austin came together to sort of support this because uh, like she she went to a film festival at age 11 and saw uh, an independent zombie movie and just like I, I think it was at the Alamo draft house and like she talked to Harry Knowles and he's he does a voice in the movie at some point. Oh, and cool. uh, he, he's the radio announcer. And they have that really, it's very distinct. You, you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. Well, I don't know how you're going to do this, but don't drink water. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't sound realistic at all, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like he, he's he, like he's reading it very surprised by what he's reading every step of the way. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, like so, it, like she got a grant to to like sort of uh, pay for the making of the film, sort of like after it was mostly already made, uh, and like th- that was just very helpful in diffusing tensions with the mom more than anything. She didn't really care that much about it, uh, but like she's continued to be a filmmaker. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, she had uh, uh, part in an anthology, like she directed part of an anthology thing, like couple of years ago she's oh, nice. you know, she's done like four or five movies oh right on right on yeah uh so it opens with uh the first of several action six news reports <laughs> action six uh, okay i love this report because it's basically we have heard that they're working on a cure to cancer in this building behind me but nobody will confirm it and nobody has issued any statements and I have no witnesses. Yeah. They say specifically we're close to a cure for cancer at this nanotech lab in, in just downtown Austin. Uh, but we don't really have any information about it, but like, no, they're, we hear they're really close. Yeah. This is worthy of a on location report. And And then I don't want to rag too much on like the stuff because it is written by a kid, but, it's I think funny. that's one of the best like things it. about it. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> the great thing about it because it's such an interesting view of the zombie movie because it's sort of like it's it's reasonably well formed in terms of like a plot structure, but like yeah. just the the way information moves and the way yeah. reality sort of warps around it is really interesting uh, <laughs> because it's it's just from a totally different perspective than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So please, you were saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So like, because my like, I want to point like my my brain wants me to point out like, 
why does this reporter even think there is a story if nobody has said anything and there's no information? But it's like at the same time, it just you have to roll with the lack of logic. True. Or, or the, and the, or sorry, the the strange logic because nothing strange will work log- otherwise. Yeah, it's 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 alternative logic. But like yes, the, the concept with this. It's especially because it has no real purpose in it except to set up that the lab was working to cure cancer, except they already talk about that in the next scene within the lab. And then we see this guy in like another scene, like just like another few scenes where the lab has been closed down. (laughs) Yeah, like, no, like, so we were here the other day. And, yeah. We were here the other day, and they were going to cure cancer, but I didn't have any information. And now the lab is closed, and I don't have any any information. Yeah, they they haven't said why, but it turns out they've closed this lab that I was talking about. And I'm like, okay, why are we getting these reports? What <laughs> purpose do they serve? They're very interesting. Like, they were always amusing to me. I was like. What is action about this six news report? And also, what is the information being conveyed? Nothing. Great. So we we go inside to the meeting and they're like, well, it looks like our research into nanotechnology has failed. <laughs> it's been an entire it's been an entire year. There have not been results. One year. <laughs> Well, then, well, no, there's been results. <laughs> well, there, there's been devastating results, but like they're saying that there's been this, like we've gone an entire year and we don't have any results. And it's like, I'm pretty sure we just cut from a news report saying you guys were really close to a cure for cancer. How did it get to no results in one year from that? Because like if they were close to a cure for cancer, that's like uh huge wouldn't that be something that they'd kind of you know stick with in some way they could get some kind of alternate funding well she even mentions it she's like can't we just get another grant and they're like no no you've actually invented the zombie plague well yeah they, they sort of think that like they haven't really figured out entirely what it does except that it's like so it attacks healthy cells and it kills the subject when it reaches the brain and then reanimates them but the thing is it doesn't do that and all of the things they see well (laughs) this is an interesting issue the 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 constantly shifting definition of the gestation stages and how this thing is communicated because what they say here and it makes no sense is that it it ends up being wrong well, it it's right and Sorry, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like they say it takes three to four days or one day if it reaches the bloodstream. How does it not reach the bloodstream if it's in three to four days, if it's in your system? That uh, anything. Yeah. Because it, you know, but, through contact with the skin and then, then nano robots have to like dig in and they got to like find the blood and it takes a while. Because otherwise, they got to go, like, chip. all the way. Yeah. And, um, and also, it doesn't, like, I don't know, because there there is a, a completely table-flipping resolution uh, diabolical speech at the end that <laughs> really kind of makes it hard to say what any of this had to do with it. But, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, I'm kind of of the opinion that no one ever figures out what happened. 
No, we don't. I mean, we, we sure we, don't. We have no, some ideas. Yeah, but no one in story does either. Well, no, I, everybody has a different idea of it. And that's something that I think, again, is one of the things that feels really prescient about this movie is that there are all of these people who have done their own research and they like all have like a little bit of an idea of what's going on. But there's like so much disinformation going around. It's wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, they're shutting down the lab. Uh, you got a week to clear out your stuff. The The funding's lost. Everybody's laid off. Yep. Um, so, <laughs> so meanwhile in the lab, meanwhile in the lab, clumsy janitor just knocks the chip on the floor. Yeah. Like he's, he, he's cleaning up the room and he hits her, uh, clipboard and just everything that was on it gets ejected all over the room. Yeah. Including the, the nano chip slide that she was working on. Right. And this nano chip. Obviously, you know, it's it is the zombie apocalypse. It's a nanobot that for some reason unclear what it does. It it creates a zombie. I I mean, mean, it does, but it does other stuff, too. Well, yeah, I I mean, like this is the thing that's really confusing is how the whole zombie thing works, uh, because it's very unusual. Yeah, um. But we see the janitor, you know, he takes the garbage out and he doesn't even like manage to put the slide into the garbage. It goes into the gutter. Yeah. So and somehow (laughs) somehow and somehow (laughs) this means that it gets into the drinking water and uh, takes over all drinking water in the world. Uh, I mean, at least in North America. Yeah, yeah, in North America. Um, well, as you could see from the way it cuts, <laughs> the gutter leads directly yeah. to people's faucets. Uh, directly to Danny's faucet, our main to Danny's character. Danny's faucet, our main character. So we, we cut four days later, and this is our main character who is just not wanting to wake up. Uh, and well, we she's, just She's see... having a horrible nightmare. Right, but she's but... having a horrible nightmare of just what everybody else is doing while she's still asleep involving water. So like people using faucets, there's uh, a little boy, I I think her little brother in the sprinkler, someone's little brother. Stock footage kid. Who knows? (laughs) People swimming in pools. Cause uh, those also would, I guess uh, be affected by this for some reason, even though chlorine, uh, and people, well, you know, the chlorine jogging. won't kill the nano machines. I don't think. I guess not. Uh, so I mean, then the seawater wouldn't either. So I mean, this is this is going to spread to the whole world. That's uh, true. And you know, people, you know, cycling or or jogging and drinking out of water bottles. Uh, that, that also bad. So this is. I actually thought this was an interesting scene. I liked this. I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, it this shows was, just it, how how much. Like, you don't even think about it, but you need water, and it's oh, yeah, everywhere, and you just I drink you take so it much granted. water every day. Like, that, yeah. that's that's what I do. I'll, like, I just drink glasses of water throughout yeah. my whole day. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. And, like, just the the kind of ominous music as it just zooms in on glasses of water, I'm like, hmm, this kind... This, it's effective. It, it's, it's effective. It's it makes you kind of scared of, like... 
what is in there? Well, it's it's good horror, uh, like what's the word? Uh, good horror visual storytelling where yeah. uh, it, it shows exactly what the threat is and how pervasive it is. Mm-hmm. And and it it's very effective in just kind of making it ominous. But it, it's almost like uh, creepy attack ads. <laughs> it like it, well, it feels like yeah. something that you would see in a political attack ad or something that oh you would see <laughs> in uh I, I think like WNUF Holiday Special has one like this where uh Oh the, my the, god, yeah. It's, it's the that fake attack ad between the two politicians. It, it's totally it is. It's totally a uh my opponent her, her, her like what's in the water you drink? Do yeah, you exactly. know? My exactly. opponent Rumberdump McRubber wants you to not know. You need and, to know what's in the water. Vote for me, Dabber McCabber. Yeah, and, and that's interesting because that would be an influence. Like, if you're a really young kid and you're watching a lot of TV, you're going to be seeing those ads over and over and over again, especially I in America. I saw so many of those because, like, my town was right on the Canada-U.S. Right. border. So we got all, like, the local uh, Idaho channels. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and like the Montana. I could tell you everything about the candidates in this one county election in Montana in the mid 90s. Um, I could tell you everything about everyone who was running. And I even had a favorite. And then I realized that this was stupid. But like, I, I do feel like those sort of ads would be so ingrained in someone at this age, especially in this period of time. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it, it just really echoes through uh, the way menace is shown in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like she wakes up from her nightmare premonition, whatever, but she can't remember it except just a general vague fear of water. Yeah. Um, so I actually started thinking about hydrophobia, which is apparently a thing where you are afraid of water. Well, that's rabies. And, oh, wait. Rabies is hydrophobia. If you that like that's that's literally what the the technical name for rabies is. Uh, if you have rabies, uh, you you actually do become afraid of water. Uh, the, there there's that movie I Drink Your Blood, which heavily features that. Oh okay, well interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I watched it a couple months back and talked to it. It was really fun. Uh, but yeah, so she's she's worried about water and she's talking to her friend sam about how she's been having the dream for four nights which is weird because she doesn't remember it every night she's always like i've been having this same dream four nights and then not remembering what the dream was well if yeah i don't know (laughs) <laughs> like again it's it's just that sort of interesting warping of reality around a concept that i find really compelling about just is sort of the, the the weird dreaminess of the way the movie plays out it's it's very leisurely <laughs> it does feel like a dream yeah uh and she like she pours her mom's water out and like she she's just like clearly concerned about water but like doesn't remember why i guess yeah is yeah. the concept. Uh, and we also meet another girl, Stacy, whose brother is sick. But we don't um, really know much about that. Uh, like at the school, we, we have like the different kids going to classes, but she doesn't know Stacy yet. Right, right. She's so 
Stace is talking to Chloe, maybe? Chloe, I think. Chloe does not stick around long. Chloe doesn't stick around long at all, no. Chloe. <laughs> well, I don't know who the first real victim is because it changes. It's confusing. <laughs> on I what mean, scene we're in. Chloe is the first one attacked, but we ha- already see several zombies before that. So yeah. Danny's in math class and she's drawing like she's doodling a, a, someone with a hole in their head. Oh, it's, it's a microchip. Oh, it's a microchip. That's what it's supposed to be. I didn't that, get that. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a microchip. I, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So because I guess because of her dream. Right. And the nanochip thing and the chip in the brain and the brain is when you die, according yeah. to the the meeting in the lab that that does track uh i didn't get that because it's just uh it's i i did not get that from the drawing <laughs> yeah no fair enough it's <laughs> of course the math teacher's like oh no take i gotta take this away he's not very good uh <laughs> he he gets not. uh so, so she gets detention and i guess two of the other kids in detention are zombies like one of them definitely is Oh, yeah, we see it's hard to tell because kids in detention are just like that. Kids in detention are zombies. <laughs> they just because we see one guy like one kid who's definitely a zombie, like just his head just smacks against the book. Like he just slumps down. And then another kid does the same thing when it's not clear if he's a zombie or not. And it's like, well, I remember right. We're doing that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hmm, I don't know if that kid's a zombie or if he's just in detention. Could be both. <laughs> that's, that's what you did in detention. Well, like, the the spread of this zombie apocalypse is very strange because they keep going to school after we know of people getting attacked and killed at the school. Oh, well, yeah, you got to open the keep the schools open, right? I mean, people getting attacked <laughs> at a school and killed is not a good reason to shut down the school. Just or, have zombie drills. Or 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 also just like, man, I mean, like, we, we got to open up those schools. Um, so we, we go to another Action 6 news report. And this is the one where we learn that the pathogen is in the water. Right. Now, I don't know how anybody they know? from the science team, yeah, <laughs> how yeah. anyone from the science team found out. And I definitely don't know how the news found out. Right. And further, I don't know how then the lab is not figuring out what is going on here because well, they lost their grants. <laughs> well, they, they did lose their grants. But like our our lab lady, Sue, who we who we met in that sequence and was laid off and who we won't see for quite a bit. But like she should have figured this out a lot sooner than we see her do it much later. That's true. If the um, Action 6 news reporter already knew that there's a pathogen in the water that does this although they haven't quite gotten to the point where they're saying it's zombies but they do say zombies later on in the news basically like they are clearly saying that it's reanimating the dead yeah they, they also call it the infection they never really call it the pathogen I think he uses the word pathogen in this one but I think that might be the only one yeah it's it's usually an infection which is not right. the right word. No. But that's okay. That's okay. But, you know, uh, diseases, they're complicated, hard to understand. Oh, true. True, they are. And then there's this weird scene of Danny looking up deja vu. 
the concept of deja vu? Oh, yeah. And, and finding out that her dreams are deja vu. Which means they're a premonition, I guess. So that's, but that's, that's all that's, right. That's not what that's, deja vu is. No, that's not what deja vu is. Uh, it's And then she goes to someone who's like, I've been having deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> and the person a, knows what she's talking about. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I think it's Sam again. Uh, yeah. Her best Sam. Yeah, her best Sam. So then we see these two girls. Uh, we've got Christine and Chloe. And they're uh, talking. Christine is important. Chloe, yeah. Chloe's going to be gone soon. Uh, yeah. They're talking about the dangers of water. And the, like, the, so the information is filtering out. We're, we're seeing the news report filtered through these kids now where they're like, okay, so you can only drink water if it was bottled four days or more ago because, you know, that's before the pathogen got into it. And apparently, they don't know, but they don't think that water filters would work. So the thing is, why would they know that's when the pathogen got into it? Um, How did they know the gestation period? Because as we see throughout the course of this film, nobody knows the gestation period. It doesn't make sense at all. Well, that's okay. Don't don't worry about that. Here comes <laughs> creepy kid. Uh, tiny girl Jen. She's extremely tiny, but she's very menacing. Mm-hmm. She's she's good, actually. She's very good. She might be one of the best ones. The yes. Best performances. She's she's it's it's a very good menacing little kid performance, and mm-hmm. like she she follows Chloe into the bathroom, uh, and. This is one of those things where it's okay. How does this zombie thing works? Because or work it? Yeah, she, because what she's saying here contradicts what we've seen and what we're gonna see. Yeah, because like she knows she's a zombie. She's presumably she's okay post dead. She's into it. Yeah, she's like, oh man, we are better than before. So. My understanding is that this was like the final phase of the infection. Uh, But that's my understanding at the time. But now (laughs) seeing the rest of the movie, I don't think that's the case. No, because like I. Yeah, I, I don't quite get how Jen works here, but I also don't get how the plot works ultimately. But we'll yeah. have to come back to Jen when we talk about the conclusion. Uh, yeah, we do because <laughs> Jen basically gets retconned out of existence. More or less. I I don't really understand how this happens, but <laughs> uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Again, to it. The warping of reality. So, uh, Christine or uh, Chloe. Chloe runs away. She hides in the computer lab and then Jen gets her in some fashion and and don't see it. But she's immediately like super infected. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like like we see um, Christine close her locker door and Chloe's just there, like leaning against the wall, looking like death. And then she throws up on her. And like. this does, tr- this is also confusing because like again it, we'll have to get back to it when we get to the cl- conclusion because I don't pay attention to everything Christine does <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I don't get it 
but Christine is is important. Uh, She's so important, but it so, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So so like, uh, Chloe is is taken to the school nurse they call her parents and and she's just very very sick because she's been got by a zombie in some form i presume this is the the infection where it like it gets in the bloodstream so presumably she was bit i don't yeah, know bit or maybe clawed who knows there or... there there are a lot of confusing things about the chloe element uh chloe is yeah. a huge question mark to me uh <laughs> But right, we have Stacy again. We're we're getting a bit of Stacy's home life, where uh, she has to take food up to her sick brother, uh, who is a zombie. <laughs> oh yeah, right. He's a little zombie kid, and he he's like just being a little zombie kid. He's like, stop it! You're being weird. I don't like. <laughs> he's like doing like the arms stretched out like thing, but it just looks like a kid playing. Right, and she's treating it in exactly that same way. And it's like, Mom, <laughs> being such a jerk. And Mom has also been bitten and is sort of in a weird phase of... Because, like, everybody has really strange zombie phases in this. They're all different. Yeah, like, tr- yeah, trying to predict the life cycle of the zombie, you can't. It's, it's so confusing. You can't put it together. It, it could be anything. Uh, yeah. the, it's it's whatever that person's wanted to be as a zombie. You know, like it's it's a very individual zombieism. Mm. Yeah, actually, I, I do kind of get that impression. Yeah. Do we uh, see Jen again? I don't think we do. No, no, we never <laughs> do. Oh no, no, we we have a flashback where Danny remembers her. Okay. Uh, very shortly, actually, because uh, first we, we get another news report and they say this is the one where it's saying to drink water that's seven or more days old. So we know it's been a week now. Uh, and this is also the boil water advisory. And, right, right. And this is where we meet uh, Cameron and his buddy Dead Meat. Uh, <laughs> he, his, his name literally is in the credits as Cameron's friend. <laughs> yeah because he does not do anything he just dies He's here to here. die yeah and he he gets taken to the hospital so that cameron can enter the picture and it's just the two of them like sitting on a couch watching the news i guess and then the guy gets sick well he drinks a cup of water oh right but his mom boiled it though his mom did boil it and that's key so the health advisories being given out aren't doing anything what the cdc would give give (laughs) faulty information weird and then this is like i guess it's i i think danny is also watching the report and we see her reacting to it and remembering jen rolling a water bottle to her at school uh just before she met up with christine and chloe and that's when chloe got attacked so danny is able to put two and two together or somehow and figure out that Jen's responsible for something. Well, getting Chloe, I guess, and that maybe she was trying to infect a lot of people, which I guess the idea, well, again, we'll get to it, but Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess she's on a similar path to Christine. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Well, it's it's weird. <laughs> the thing is, like, 
what what really amazes me about all of the news reports is that like at this point there there's another news report and it's like okay so the dead are like people who are drinking water are like becoming zombies they're that's essentially what they're saying they don't say the word zombies but like it's it's basically we're having a zombie apocalypse but like it's so chill it's just a dude in a hawaiian shirt (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and and it's like so like the dead are rising up and we have people saying to each other like hey do you believe do you believe the infection's real yeah like the next scene that's crazy to me but again that's crazy crazy. to me yeah like that's been crazy to me for the past two years uh it's very interesting so we see uh both christine or no first christine gets a call from a nurse at the er uh, because of chloe being in the er oh yeah because yeah uh because her mom something uh i don't her mom and also there's because Christine took her to the nurse, but whatever. Christine gets a call. Christine um, gets a call, and she has to go to the ER to see Chloe. <laughs> and uh, there, in the waiting room, she meets Cameron because he's dropping off his buddy because you know his nose started bleeding while they were watching the news, and he drank that water. Mm-hmm. And this is where we have that scene. Like, so do you think the infection's real? Uh, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Right, they just both brought people to the hospital. They both just brought people to the hospital who were infected. Uh, and I, I have in my notes here, like, God damn it, the dialogue is so mumbly, you kids. <laughs> Some it's, of these scenes, it is rough. Oh yeah, no, I. The subtitles get it wrong too, so a yeah. few times. Not that I blame them. Just talking like kids, you know. Oh yeah, no, the, I get it. <laughs> It's realistic. It's just, God damn it, I can't understand what you're saying. Well, a lot of this is, like, realistic kid acting. Like It's very realistic, yeah. Yeah, like, we, we see a lot of just them planning to uh, go to other, like, meet up at certain classes and talk about their... We, we see a lot of planning to do the next scene. There's a lot of footwork. Uh, Everything that's going to happen, we do get some information about how it's going to happen before it happens. Uh, It's it's kind of like that uh, kung fu movie we talked about. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Ultimately, so so then we get Sue uh, packing up her lab, and this is where she's just now starting to suspect that the nano chip got out, even though we've already had news reports that it's maybe a zombie apocalypse. I don't know. Maybe she just thought it was a different zombie apocalypse because her thing got shut down. Right. And then this is where, like, we hear that the infection has somehow reached Canada, I I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I I believe (laughs) the Austin Drinking Water Network is uh, runs deep. It's everywhere. Uh, and and Sue finally like checks the security footage and sees the janitor fumble the thing and is like, oh no. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. She finally figures it out seven days. Seven days later. I guess it's seven. It might be more than that. Like I'm really not sure it's, how long the passage of time clear. is in here. No. 
But then th- this is like the whole big uh, everybody plans to meet with everybody else sequence. Where, like Danny talks to Christine because they're talking about Jen probably infecting Chloe. And so Christine's on the zombie squad now. Yep. And uh, she also talks to Cameron because like uh, Christine sends her to Cameron. Like she mentions that she met him. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're just getting all the people who I'm not sure what they're planning to talk about. They're just getting people who know about the infection to talk about it. People who know about the infection that that has been reported on constantly the news, on the news yeah. from what we've seen and uh is an ongoing zombie apocalypse. Like we've seen actual zombie children uh in classrooms like days previous to this. How does anyone not know that there is an infection hmm. and again <laughs> yeah in in 2008 that's insane but 2022 it's like how do yeah, people not okay. know and i mean i don't get them uh but yeah yeah interesting right yeah like she she predicted the pandemic response just the the weird reality denial uh, yeah. And so we see notably Stacy overhearing them and uh, she tags along. So like she she joins the zombie squad herself. Right. She's the one with the little brother who got. Right. Yeah. Cause, like we've seen her being established in various scenes, but she's not in their circle, which I thought was yeah. kind of interesting that she's just, like kind of tags along. Yeah. Well, <laughs> doesn't go well. She... <laughs> No, and I think it's funny. She's always just kind of, even after she eventually turns into a zombie, she's always just kind of the tag along. Yeah, completely. And, and we all knew that kid. I was that kid. Oh, yeah. Everybody, like, there is there is one for every group, for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, we see Sue leaving work and being mobbed by zombies. And this is the last we're going to see of her until, like, the end of the movie. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. That's. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like she she only has that one other scene uh, yeah. and then she vanishes. So, right. So the zombie squad leaves school. Uh, we've got Danny, Christine, Cameron, Sam and Stacy tagging along behind. And <laughs> and they encounter their first zombie kid just out in the wild. It's one somebody knows a girl named Ashley who lives nearby but you know she's like an eight-year-old she's very easy to avoid oh yeah like they like, like they even do the thing where they just grab them by their outstretched zombie arms and just throw push. them out of the way just push like, get go go yeah. away and i'm like yeah that's 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 how it would really be well yeah and it does treat that zombie element pretty pretty fair the whole time like every time they are slow they are pretty easy to avoid even if there's a whole bunch of them you can usually still avoid them if you try to avoid them yeah yeah it's it's just like if you get cornered or something yeah or or if you decide you want to fight all of them instead or you just like completely give up instantly uh and (laughs) they go to I think it's Danny's house where they're hanging out, right? Oh, yeah, it's Danny's house, yes. Where where they all barricade themselves in, I guess. And for some reason, they decide to split up and check the rooms of the house. 
Yeah. This is a real for some reason. Uh this is a big for some reason sequence. Like everything well, is like they go to check Cameron and Christine go to check the basement for some reason. Yeah, and Christine is even saying like can what? we just all go together? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. There's a lot of we should all split up. Like why? It's yeah, really uh, easy to avoid these zombies if there's a couple of you. Yeah. And, like, they even try to split up within their split-up groups. Yeah, they, they're they always, like, fracturing. Like, as soon as the two of them get to the basements, like, it'll be faster if the two of us split up as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess so. Uh, yeah. And then the power goes out for some reason. <laughs> Christine's in the basement. Well, true, but they have flashlights, and I don't know why they had flashlights to begin with in the basement they just didn't turn the lights on so i don't know (laughs) basements are scary basements are dark uh but presumably they do have terrified of basements back in the day i guess but i mean although i was older than 12 but okay older than 12 i think you mean younger than 12 that is what i mean (laughs) (laughs) you know i i I'm terrified of basements. Every time I go home to my basement suite, I'm like, oh my god, the the basement monster lives with me. It's gonna get uh, me. Yeah. It's, it's, what, it's what Plum is keeping you safe from. True. And Cameron steps in something. <laughs> I don't know what. I it, it was very hard to tell. I From the documentary, my understanding is that it's supposed to be a dead rat. Oh. I thought it might have been a doll that he yeah. stepped on. It like it actually is a doll with just like blood on it. I I, oh. I watched the prop being built and I could still just tell you that I think it's supposed to be a dead rat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so like they're dealing with that stuff downstairs and uh, Danny is attacked by her zombie mom in the bathroom. Ah. But don't somebody else get attacked by zombie Danny's mom in the garage? Yeah, it seems to be the same zombie in both places at the same time. And then they don't want to tell Danny that it's her mom because then they have to tell her that they killed her mom. I don't get it. Cause like her mom. Yeah. She Does Danny in... have two moms, but like they're the same person. <laughs> Maybe they're, tw- I don't know. Oh, huh, huh. I don't get it. So, like, oh. she's attacked by the zombie mom. She stabs her in the eye. Uh, and then Christine is attacked by zombie mom in the basement. Uh, and Cameron saves her. And just everybody on Earth loses the ability to use a door. Like, nobody seems oh, to understand how to use it. it all of a sudden. Uh, Sam's just like, I don't I don't want to open the door. I'm too scared. I don't know what's on the other side. <laughs> and it's like and it's like Stacy you do and Stacy's like no it's like just I, everybody on both sides of they're like uh and doors, then, yeah. what the hell uh, yeah and Christine and, and uh, Cameron are like can't open the door to get out of the basement and, well like, zombie mom is coming how did it get locked and cl- like was it locked i don't think it's locked how did it even I, I don't understand they just don't know how to use the door anymore uh but well, they figure it out eventually well, they, they kill zombie mom in both places uh the zombie mom gets got in the eye by danny and the 
basement zombie with a fire poker. And then Cameron just goes ham. (laughs) (laughs) Cameron just goes totally hard. Uh, Yeah, the the effects are pretty good for like the the zombie and the stabbing and stuff. Like, especially at, you know, a 12 year old making a shot on video movie. Yeah, like they're they're fun, goopy effects. They're very goopy. Uh, Like there's a part a little bit later when someone gets uh, stabbed through the head with a stick and the blood just like is the green goo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh so they they finally manage to get out of the basement and Christine theatrically sneezes on Sam. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, that's it's very important. <laughs> very important. It does it seems like just a random thing that's like why did they include this? But it matters. Not like the other things that are like why did they include this? Like most of the news reports. Yeah. Uh and then zombies st- this is the weirdest sequence in the whole movie for me, maybe, other than obviously the twist. But like, zombies start coming in somewhere. Yeah, they're, they're getting they're, in from something. Yeah, they're, they're in the living room. Uh, like, three of them are in the living room Sam, Cameron, and Stacy. And Sam and Cameron both just peace out. They're like, oh, we're, we're going to go talk to Danny and Christine in the kitchen and warn them that zombies are getting in to this room that we're in. And we'll just leave you behind, I guess, Stacy. Well, St- <laughs> and Stacy just wants stays to save behind. Stacey. No, Stacy just, well, and Stacy doesn't even want to stay, save herself. She just kind of acquiesces to being mobbed by these slow moving zombies. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and they go upstairs and they're like, should we like, save stacy no she's well, already dead well no first they it's it's a whole thing because it, it's it's much more stupidly involved than that <laughs> it's like oh, they go different. to the kitchen and then yeah. danny and christine are in the kitchen talking about whatever and they all go oh. back to the living room but sam stays behind and his nose starts bleeding but he doesn't tell anyone Oh yeah, he does. He does the the asshole zombie thing. Of course, because yeah, somebody's somebody got to do it. Yeah, it's it's a requirement. And you know what? I'm I'd be more forgiving of a middle schooler doing it than a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, no, middle schooler is the right person to be doing this. And they go back into the living room to see Stacy being mobbed by the zombies and screaming, "Somebody help me, please!" And over and over, but like. Everybody's just standing in the room watching the these are not not difficult zombies to deal with. uh, And I don't understand why Stacy didn't just, I don't know, move away from them or like go with the other people. They don't seem to have any kind of super strength or anything. No. And there's not it's not like a huge mob. And it's like maybe four. Yeah, I mean. I mean, the the reason is that they needed to kill off one of the characters here, but yes, it, it, it's a weird setup for it. Uh, but yeah. ultimately, they they barricade themselves in Danny's room very briefly, and they're like, "We definitely have to make a run for it once they're in the room." <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they they really do say like, "Should we? I don't know, like save Stacy or something?" Yeah, and no, they're like, "Forget about no. her." Well, I mean, she's already bit, so yeah. obviously she's already uh, dead. I mean, that that's sort of the, the subtext of them not helping. 
I, I, the, the, the big thing is just me not understanding why she didn't just, you know, move to the other room when uh, they knew (laughs) zombies were coming in and they went to tell other people that zombies were coming in. I don't know. But ultimately, so they've barricaded themselves in and they decide to make a run for it. Like, so, let's run past the zombies, actually. Yeah, they barricade themselves and they're thinking, like, I don't think this is going to work. Let's make a run for it. And they easily do because it's very easy to uh, get away from these zombies and they go out into the streets. Suburban zombie apocalypse. There's tons of them. Still very easy to avoid. <laughs> They're just walking along, and zombie Stacy's just following behind them. No, that's later. Oh, is that later? Okay. Yeah, she she shows up a little bit later. Um, First, uh, this is where they're just, like, walking towards the park, and there's just a big horde of zombies, but they, you know, just swing sticks at them, and they, you know go to the park anyways. Uh, And and one of them gets stabbed through the head, the, the gooey green blood stuff. Oh, yeah, with the big stick, that one. Right. And they run into Sue in just this random field. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she's wearing like a bloodstained lab coat. She's like, I'm a human. I can tell you're a human, too. It's okay." Yeah. And it's like, I can tell by your eyes. You you don't have like you still have emotions. And like I'm already thinking back to Jen, of course. Hmm. So she's wrong, but I don't know. Scientists are wrong uh, in this movie. And Sue doesn't seem like a very good scientist. Yeah, I mean, she created the zombie apocalypse accidentally, sort of, maybe. I'm not sure. Without <laughs> realizing it until it happened. But she until got a report well that it was going to happen. Uh, yeah, I... Uh. Sue is a confusing character, but we... She she's like, uh, here, we'll we'll go back to the lab. That's a safe place uh, for some reason. And they go to the lab and Sue's co-worker, Phil, is just in the lab parking lot. Uh, I don't really get what he's doing because he doesn't being say it. weird. He's being weird. Uh, and Christine just like runs up and stabs him in the neck. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So Christine had taken like a knife from Danny's house and right. she's used it a few times. Um, she's really quick to stab people with that knife. Well, just this guy. And and he just drops dead instantly and they realize he wasn't infected and they're still like, yeah, whatever. They don't <laughs> yeah. like talk to Christine about it. It's like, Jesus, Christine, you just killed this random guy. What was that about? But they are like, you brought a knife to school? <laughs> <laughs> She didn't bring it to school. She got it she from didn't. Danny's house. But, but I, I like that that's the first thing that they think about and that it really weirds them all out. It's like, you brought a knife to school? That's fucked up. Yeah, true. true. I like that. It's <laughs> kind of a fun detail. Uh, but yeah, so they hide out in the research lab. And very briefly, because immediately they're like, okay, so we're going to go out and get some supplies. Cameron, you're coming with me. So Sue and Cameron go for supplies. Now... We've, we haven't mentioned it, but every time they split up, there's always a big, long debacle of who is going to go in what group. Like, it's yes. like a five-minute coin toss scene that made no sense uh, before they decided to go into the basement. And yes, there's a bunch I, of arguing. 
I did not understand what the coin toss uh, purpose was or how that worked. <laughs> nope. It, uh, maybe it's a regional thing. Uh, I didn't get it, but like, no. yeah. And, and this one too, they're like, okay, uh, I'm going to go, or they get in there and they're like, I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to starve to death. And also I'm starving. And they said like going in there, like we don't have any food or anything. It's, it's a laboratory. And then they get in like, well, I'm hungry. And it's like, well, God damn it. I just said this. I was actually on my way to the store before I brought you to the lab. Yeah. Why don't you go with me? So she and Cameron leave. But like first she gives another version of the gestation cycle. And this one's pretty detailed. Uh, So it's a bad cold for one day. And then you're totally fine the next day. Uh, I at some point in there, you get a nosebleed, which is a, a the the indicator. Yeah. But like, it it varies depending on the telling because we have heard it previously. Uh-huh. And um, then it's so th- this one we're at three days: a uh, bad cold for one day, fine the next day, and a zombie the next day. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it it literally changes every single time we hear the the path. <laughs> So yep. I don't know. And uh, Sue and Cameron leave and Danny and Christine both have a whole bunch of flashbacks to things that we've seen and decide to leave. <laughs> yeah. Even though they're supposed to be barricaded in the lab waiting for these people to come back. We don't know how long it's been, but they decide to leave because I have to presume it was quite a while. Uh, at least a few hours is the impression I got. I would hope so. Because <laughs> they're like, no, they should have been back by now. Yeah. It's it's hard to tell because we don't really have any sense of time. But no. they decide to go to the grocery store themselves, I guess. And this is when Stacy is following the two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And for like a long time, they're just talking and don't even notice her behind them. Like quite a while. And then finally she's spotted and like, hit her with the axe. And she says, I don't know how to use it. (laughs) 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 Uh, Good line. (laughs) Yeah. And then they get to the grocery store and immediately find Christine's knife from before, which I guess cameron had now oh yeah cameron took it to go to the grocery store in case they needed to defend themselves nobody took but they left the axe behind which is good because danny needed the axe yeah and sam takes the knife uh and he 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 encounters the grocery store zombie like a clerk and (laughs) the way he delivers the line why won't he die (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is was my biggest laugh of the movie by far why won't he die <laughs> it just it, it was it's it's so perfect and he you know he stabs him a couple times he like stabs him in the head a lot of stabbings directly in the top of the head in this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> more than a couple uh and yeah actually <laughs> it's it, it's hard to stab someone in the top of the head, though. There's this, it's like there's this big round um, 
bone-like structure that protects your brain. And yeah. I don't know how they always get through that, but they do. It's a really good knife. I guess. Uh, so they they find Cameron. He's dead in the soup aisle. And they all scream and everybody converges there. Uh, I have no idea what happened to Sue. Yeah, Sue's, we don't. Sue's gone. She's just gone. I don't know. They assume she's dead. Uh, maybe she's a zombie now. I don't know. They seem to, <laughs> but they, they seem certain that she's dead. So it feels like they saw her and we didn't see them see her. Maybe they lost that scene because they, there were some scenes that they, they shot this one, like this, these handful of scenes at the IGA, uh, kind of at the end of production and, uh, somehow some of it got taped over. Oh no. <laughs> and they couldn't get the location back because a oh. bunch of kids left fake blood all over the bathroom and kind of like left a huge mess to clean up. <laughs> I mean, only in this production, right? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so maybe that was a scene that was lost to the taping over. I don't know. Maybe. But either way, Sue is lost, apparently. And yeah. Cameron is dead. And finally, Sam's nose bleeds again. So now uh, it, it maybe it happens multiple times in the period. And this time Danny notices. Mm-hmm. And here's where we get the big twist, because Christine starts explaining how she did it all. (laughs) She did the whole thing. And I don't understand. She says that she had no symptoms because she's the main infector. Yep. So and that it it was up to her to infect everyone else. Um, and I don't understand that or how she would know that. And also Jen. So Jen is acting the same way. She had no symptoms and is another chief infector. So maybe it's a thing where like, if you I, team up with the virus, if you team up with the nano chip, you can like <laughs> be on its side. I don't I know. I <laughs> have a theory. It's like the ring. You've got to pass it on to someone else. Oh, I've got a theory. Okay. Okay. This is, this is, I love it. This is dumb. You're going to hate it or you're going to love it. I don't know which, but it's okay. So Jen is in fact, patient zero okay. um, got infected with the actual chip, like the chip from the slide. Okay. I don't know how the rest of the water got contaminated. Don't know how that works doesn't matter maybe jen did it all so then she got chloe so the actual physical chip somehow passed from her to chloe and then when chloe barfed on christine passed to her and it's always just been the same consciousness uh inside all these different people so christine or uh, yeah christine by the end of it is possessed by the spirit of Jen, and and this is all just the path of Jen to get to the supermarket to get to the end. Hence the movie, it's the path of Jen! Mm, I hate the end of it, but I agree with elements of it. The, the thing that doesn't work <laughs> is that it, it wasn't... No, that is just at, at the beginning, we know, like, in... 
in in Christine's story, she talks about infecting her brother, which must have happened much earlier because she's talking about that before it gets out. Right. right. Her her sick brother was on day one when they when uh, Stacy was having the dream. So it makes sense that she was infected earlier and for this to work, she had to have been. I just don't get how like, again, the chip thing is confusing that it's a, specifically said to be a nano chip does really complicate matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, See. Uh, if it were nanobots, you know, just a whole bunch of nanobots, self-replicating. Maybe the chip creates nanobots. I think maybe it does once it's in a body, but then it's how is it doing that in the water supply? I don't know. It's maybe it's getting into in other a stuff. Body of water. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's supposed to replace cells. Uh, it's it's like a cellular thing. It kills the cells. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it doesn't make sense ultimately but christine did it all is her claim at the end even though definitely jen did some of it uh i i think maybe i i i'm giving it kind of a ringu thing you know uh you have to pass on the infection and then you can like pass on the infection to multiple people and then you're safe from it and you just get to be uh a vector instead well also kind of a super person that's implied because they're like we're better than we were before there's something inside of us that wasn't there before not that it matters because danny kills christine right here uh, sam does or sam does sam stabs oh, yeah, her in the sam top of the head her in the top of the head <laughs> and then is like okay danny you've got to kill me now and she she learns how to use the axe she she chops <laughs> his head off it's a good beheading it is a good for beheading. a low budget um, really good the effects of this are surprisingly good. Very when solid. You, when you put them next to everything else in here. <laughs> and she goes out and there's a zombie horde outside and she chops at them, but she's overwhelmed. And the end, she <laughs> everybody dies. The world ends. Yep. Uh, weird. Hard to weird. understand. Quite confusing at times, but really fun. Like quite enjoyable. I mean, yeah, because of those things, I would say like, it, it's, oh, yeah, the the strange logic of it is what made it so compelling. And so it, it always kept me on my toes. Yeah, no, it, it did. Um, I really could have done without all the planning to meet up scenes and the planning to split up scenes. Yes. Can't we just know they agreed to go there? And, and you know, flipping the coin and stuff. I, I don't care that just someone go. It doesn't matter. Or maybe just don't all split up in every single sequence because why uh but you know <laughs> that's again part of it and like yeah. the news sequences most of them didn't add anything to the story but they were fun like there, there's just something like i don't know what information is being presented here and like <laughs> maybe i'll know at when i come back to it and i did watch the movie twice and when i came back to it i was like Nope, the scene has no information in it. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, maybe that's a take on just how adults can't actually help you even when there's a crisis, even though they always say they can. But no adult in this movie is any kind of useful whatsoever. 
Absolutely. I, I do think there is certainly an element of that. Uh, th this does feel like one of those things where, yeah, I mean, the system is kind of fundamentally broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how much of it is meant to be a critique of the health right, system no, or how much of no, it just No, I don't think it's meant to way. be a critique exactly, but more just uh, an anti-adult thing, a, a, a kids v. adults uh, message of just like, adults kind of just talk and talk and talk and don't really provide any useful information. And uh, th there's this whole thing yeah, of Sue is the useless news. too. Sue is ultimately totally useless. And you know, the, the information that we get from her is a variation on different information we've gotten many different times and seem to be incorrect, even though she created this. Yeah, and she's also like, well, it'll really suck if you have to kill one of your friends, so hope yeah, you and don't. Also, also, question mark, is Sue maybe also a Jen slash Christine? I don't, well, it's hard to say. I was going to say I don't think so because she's she the main. Like it, but she's the main main infector. She's the creator. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe because <laughs> she disappears at the end. She's not there as a zombie. She's, she's not there as a as a body. But I, I guess, and the other thing that I think that's really fun about all those new sequences, which are useless, is that it's interesting in, in a perspective of the news being this constant droning thing that provides no useful information or oh, yes uh, <laughs> and and this is absolutely true in a 24-hour news cycle there's a lot of this crap so mm. and and this is like you know circa 2006 is when this came out so this is uh post 9-11 news cycle time uh, uh which i think yeah. is uh an extra little layer to this uh it, it's a school in that period uh, the the experience of middle school in the post 9/11 era, uh, it, it's sort of an interesting window into that time frame. Oh yeah, because I was already well out of school by the time 9/11 happened. Oh same, like that was my first day of university. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I my first university history class was that day. Was weird day. <clears throat> that's that's all we talked about for three hours. Yeah, that's, that's all I talked about. Well, yeah, I mean, we had a three-hour evening class, and we just sat and talked about it the whole evening. It was weird, but this this is cool because to see that time period from a middle school perspective, uh, it's it's similar, oddly enough, to another movie that was being made around the same time or through the same time period, Boyhood. Oh, which is an Austin era movie which tracks you know, that period of life uh, through childhood and middle school in. Yeah. And it, yeah. eventually almost into adulthood. Yeah. That, that's uh, an interesting movie. Yeah. And I, I think this is kind of a cool parallel, <laughs> kind of an interesting little thing, because this was made over a couple of years. It's the same city. Uh, it, yeah. Just and this is the actual child perspective uh, and a female perspective as well so that's kind of cool uh good pairing <laughs> next yeah next time you're uh planning some sort of uh film festival boyhood plus pathogen really good pairing you know <laughs> one's three hours one's one hour sort of works out to two two hour films uh yeah. <laughs> so this is replaced in the stacks with scream queen scream uh, queen 
uh, which is a documentary uh, made about uh, the star of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So are you familiar with Nightmare on Elm Street 2? Uh, not 2, no. So this is the one that's notoriously the gay one. The, the sort of one. secretly gay one. Uh, and okay. the lead actor is gay. He was not out at the time, but like it sort of just became part of the production in a really weird sort of way. Uh, the director was totally unaware of it. The director really? is... Uh, Man, I the, the director's I, I I've seen interviews with him about it. I have not seen this documentary yet, but somehow the director was completely unaware of all of the gay subtext in this movie. And there's a lot of it like it's really there. So I'm interested to see that because, uh, you know, I, I've always loved Nightmare on Street 2. I think it's the second best in the series easily. With the third one being the best. No, the first one's the best. Oh, really? Oh, okay. uh, third one. The third one was the one people liked. Uh, or, well, yeah, most people, sure. Uh, for me, oh, okay, it would be number right, three. Yeah. Okay. Number three, and then uh, probably New Nightmare, and then I don't really remember anything about any of the other ones. <laughs> uh, they all sort of blur together. Uh, so any final thoughts on Pathogen before we move on to our second film? Um, yeah, uh, maybe the fact that everybody has a different idea of how the virus works is supposed to reflect like all the different misinformation stuff that happens. It certainly feels like it does. Like, I don't know if that's projection, but, or it if it's just projection. sort of a thing, it, it could also just be a thing that it was in the air. Like certainly at that period of time, that was something that was completely in the air. There was so many pieces of information that were always conflicting you have the alert system remember like the 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 escalated alert system that was big in oh, that period yeah. i i do feel like that's heavily an influence on this this movie strongly feels influenced by news cycle more than it does movies which is really interesting in the way it plays out actually you know come to think of it that does that does make a lot of sense yeah. So it's it's interesting to watch it in that sense. Like, certainly, I, I don't think a lot of it was fully planned. It, it was no. made by someone. It was, like, primarily written when she was 11. Uh, like, I, I think she's very bright. Uh, uh, but, you know, she was a 12-year-old kid. She's very much a 12-year-old kid in the making of documentary. <laughs> like, th that's why, you know, the, the IGA got covered in fake blood and they weren't allowed to go back. <laughs> But yeah, it's totally a recommend. Uh, this is the new Agfa disc of it that just came out. It comes with the Zombie Girl documentary included, which is really fascinating. Uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Cool. Okay, well, we'll head on into part two. And we're back talking about another little independent, uh, super low budget shoestring homemade project something a little bit bigger scale this one was shot on film uh and Wait, was this yeah. actually independent oh yeah completely it it oh. cost it, this was made for $375,000 oh wow uh which is very very little for a movie that completely revolutionized horror basically <laughs> uh in terms of especially the way horror feels 
and looks. It, it's more about the editing and the camera and just the it, it adds the Looney Tunes energy to the camera work. Uh, it, it's got that Three Stooges snap to the way gore happens or the way violence happens. Uh, something that like arguably isn't my favorite in horror. Like I'm admittedly not a gigantic Sam Raimi fan uh, as far as that goes. I'm a big Evil Dead fan. Uh, all three Evil Dead movies I like a lot. Uh, and this one, this one's a, a weird one. This is one that I didn't love the first time I saw it, but it's one that kind of grows every time I've seen it because it's just a really interesting very simple and really fundamental horror movie. Like it, it's what we were talking about a while back, I think way back with the ring as, as just, it created a new type of horror. It, it created this cabin in the woods thing and the recording. Like it's, it's sort of one of the first of the dead media movies. Oh, really? Like, well, oh, sort okay. of, you know, you know, it's this yeah. recording that th- this guy has, done of him reading you know evil magic oh yeah words. that's true yeah you know they they play it and it curses them too which is just kind of an interesting concept and it, just all of this it, and it was made at such a low budget at and it's just such a labor of love just an obvious labor of love which is how uh elaborate all of the effects work is how much precision went into handcrafting every element of them so it starts out with Ash, of course, uh, or the great Bruce Campbell, his very first role. So <laughs> I've only seen I've seen Evil Dead Army of Darkness so many times. Mm. I've only seen the second one once, and I haven't seen hadn't seen this one until until we watched it for this. Mm. But with all the uh, with all the time I'd seen Army of Darkness, I actually legitimately forgot that the character's name was Ash and not Bruce Campbell. Oh, really? Because I mean, he, <laughs> there's even the TV series Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, which is one. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of like in my mind, it's just that's Bruce Campbell. Oh, I mean, that like, character is just. See, I grew up. <laughs> I, I like I grew up with Army of Darkness. I saw Army of Darkness circa ninety two. Oh, wow. I like it came out I think in ninety one. I Something saw it like that, yeah. on VHS for my birthday. Like I rented it for a birthday party on VHS, like with a bunch of people. And it's one that just like has been like it was always a really fundamental one to me. I went back and saw uh, this one and Evil Dead 2 a few years later because uh, like the, the video store I went to didn't have them. <laughs> they oh. were they were old movies. They they came out right. in the 80s uh, and, you know, they, they were horror movies and they were kind of on the edgier side because, you know, this one was a video nasty, like a major oh, video I bet. nasty. Like one of the fundamental ones, like one of the ones that like was really heavily cited, like Uh, would always appear in the headlines and on like the imagery and stuff. Because, you know, it's a very uh, I guess you don't have like the the, we were reviewing from the great Book of the Dead DVD. So I couldn't find my blue. (laughs) I don't know where it is right now. The the I don't like touching the case. It doesn't. It's got feel a very right. unsettling feeling. It feels like it is bound in human flesh. It's an incredibly impressive little piece. Yeah. So another. I love interesting... that ear on the back, by the way. Oh yeah. 
so another interesting thing about the Ash Bruce Campbell thing. So I, even though I had seen Army of Darkness so many times, I hadn't seen it in a few decades. Hmm. And over the years, in my mind, the Bruce Campbell, who I think is Ash, and Duke Nukem just kind of got mixed together. So the character that I'm imagining that Ash is ends up being nothing like the Ash that we get in this movie. Right. I mean, this Ash is not a whole lot like the Ash we'll come to know either. Uh, yeah. And like, so like like I was saying, in terms of when I originally saw this movie, I rented it from a place called Crazy Mike's. We we went to, uh, like, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, I mean, right. obviously, most of those places most. don't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, the place I, I rented. I did drive by Darkest one the other day. Oh, like, there are still a handful. Yeah. Uh, but. I, I rented it and like it was missing the first like 10 minutes <laughs> it, it, like because it was just one of these old tapes that had been, you know, re-recorded and stuff. Yeah. So it, it was a long time before I saw this in an acceptable form when it came to DVD. I can actually see my other DVD copy of it from where I'm sitting. Uh, and that's how I first saw it kind of properly. And then this one came out and it was a much better restoration. And then the Blu-ray came out and it was a way better restoration, but unfortunately I don't know where it is. And it's just a movie I've seen many, many, many times over the years. And it's weird how it's kind of grown on me over time, because when I first saw it, I was kind of meh. <laughs> I was like, this is too gross for me, because <laughs> I was I, like 12, I guess. I, I'm kind of meh on it myself, not because it's too gross, but because it's uh, we'll talk about it, but the ghosts are annoying. Oh, they're supposed to be annoying. Yeah, like, like again, like, think three stooges. Annoying. Three stooges in horror is sort of the whole concept here, and it's sort of the energy of it that I find really infectious, and the way the camera moves is really big because that's sort of yeah. the Sam Raimi thing. the The way the camera moves is so expressive, and never more than here because here he had complete control like this was totally independent he was making it if he wanted to spend 12 hours on one shot they would spend 12 hours on one shot until it was perfect and he couldn't really do that in other movies yeah, once he was in not. the studio system yeah that's true like he had a lot of control for evil dead 2 and there he kind of like is really able to use the style but uh in in this one, you know, he had total freedom, so he really gets to make the camera be uh, more expressive than really I'd ever seen a camera be prior to this. It, it is that um, he does some he does a lot of interesting things with the camera in this movie. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, it, it is his real trademark. Uh, so we start with we've got a bunch of university students. They're heading up to a cabin in the woods. And it's a weird yeah, assortment. It, it it kind of is. So we've got There's we got Ash, Ash uh, his girlfriend Linda. Yeah. And I think it's his sister. Yeah, his sister Cheryl, uh, which is weird. And then there's another couple, Scott yeah, and Shelley. Uh, Scott and Shelley. Scott's Scott sucks. <laughs> Scott's weird. And there, there are it's that's just a weird assortment. Uh, two couples and uh, one guy's sister. Yeah, um, <laughs> maybe maybe the sister was the Stacy of the group, and she just got in the you car. Tag along, yeah, I guess so. Oh, she's in the car now. I guess we're going. 
and she's weird. She she's like a spooky girl. Uh, she's she's the first one to get possessed. Yeah. So, uh, a really great first open into the menace. I really love the way it looks when they drive into this little valley with the trees and the the cabin nestled back in them like it's just a real location but it looks unbelievable like it's so instantly eerie but Mm -hmm. no it's just a real place it just really it couldn't be more perfect (laughs) it's pretty good (laughs) and there there's that thing with the the uh the porch swing oh okay so i loved the porch swing bit so good so the the when they when they're approaching the cabin like there's this porch swing that keeps like just swinging and it keeps hitting up against the wall of the cabin and making this bang this the noise mm-hmm. uh, until the guy gets to the door and then it stops but it doesn't just stop it it freezes like that there is no movement whatsoever from that porch swing yeah, it instantly just stops dead the the second he touches the doorknob, uh, which is really cool. Uh, it, and you know, it's it's such a simple effect. You know, it's just someone, you know, moving the porch swing from the other side. But oh, it works! It's so good. And like, oh, it's yeah. just setting that atmosphere. Like, you come into this place. It's spooky. Uh, they they shot it in I think late fall, and it really looks. Like, it looks all dead. All the trees are dead. Oh, yeah. You just have that so orange good. and brown look. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. Uh, so they they set up. You know, they, they figure, yeah. like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a swinging porch now. It's not swinging anymore. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cheryl starts doing some drawings. Uh, here, yeah, she gets so... I think this is the first time we really see something. Well, it, it, yeah, it doesn't take long to get to like seeing fucked well, it, up shit happen. The, the whole idea for this movie and how he pitched it when he was talking about it is you do the good stuff in the horror movie. You, you, you just spend like a little bit of time doing the setup and then you do just 70 minutes of all of the crazy shit and just spend the whole time doing that. That's good, and it does it. That's a good description <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, it's nonstop. Uh, it's it's just uh, complete kinetic energy. So she starts drawing a thing, and uh, she hears like a voice from the forest. It's oh like, yeah, join us! And she like starts just tr- drawing this square, uh, and and is like tearing through multiple pages uh, while while she's like. And, and it like becomes sort of a square, like a book, right? It 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 is it a, a caricature the, of the Book of the Dead. Yeah, it, it, she's drawing the Necronomicon. <laughs> yeah, although although they don't call it that in this one. Right, it's the Naturum de Monto, something. Right, something. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, she's she her hand, you know, she 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 uh like rips through all of these pages, and then it's it's sort of like. A book with a face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she doesn't so, tell anyone about it. Yeah, no, she never tells anyone about that. Although <laughs> she doesn't get much of a chance to. No, I mean things happen really fast. Yeah. There, are, uh, 
they're having dinner and the the cellar door just like flies open explosively like a big thwap yep <laughs> and and they're all uh like well who's gonna go down and see it do we need to even what if it's an animal what if it's oh scott starts being an asshole he's like an animal <laughs> you stupid bitch or something like that and everyone's just kind of like dude um eventually uh is it scott goes down here scott goes down and they are all just sort of like waiting at the table uh, oh right yeah and they're they're waiting for quite a while and he's not responding so ash goes like to the cellar and like hey scott yeah, everything all right down there uh and finally he has to go down to look for him uh but like he's become engrossed with his find they they found like the professor's secret basement room yeah where there's um they find a record a tape recorder uh a uh gross ass book with a face that's bound in human flesh and a boomstick mm-hmm. uh, that will later become iconic yeah much, so much later they they take all the stuff and it's like well let's check out what's on this tape recorder and it's our, our uh, scientist or our archaeologist guy reading about like telling about the book of the dead and how I, I think he's mentioning here what it's supposed to do. Right. Um, I think so. I'm not sure what it's was supposed to do if he mentioned it. OK, well, because uh, I, 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 I have. I've seen this one and Evil Dead 2 both like a billion times. So they're right. a little blended in my mind because Fair enough. Evil Dead 2 does the same thing. Uh, Evil Dead 2 is, it, it basically remakes this movie in like 15 minutes and then, you know, makes a whole nother movie on the end of it. Oh, and, okay. and like, uh, th- th- they play the tape. And I don't remember if it's this one where he's saying all the stuff that's already happened. Uh, I know it's not all of the stuff because in the other one, like the zombie wife is already down in the cellar and is a problem for them. Oh, yeah. No, not here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I, I can't remember what exactly this one is about, but ultimately he starts reading from the Book of the Dead. So he's reading the cursed words and we hear him get got on tape right yeah um well no they they stop the tape because cheryl starts freaking out and it's like scott stop the tape stop the tape oh um, right yeah and, uh, and the ground right. starts like breathing right and like a, a, a tree comes through one of the windows because the trees are part of the curse yeah obviously like the trees themselves are uh one of the main villains in this movie because that's uh what the, the next big the thing that happens. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, this um, was like the first the the only thing i had heard about this movie when i first saw it which was that the forest was the the, the scene that uh short that uh happens shortly after this where uh, uh cheryl goes into the forest and she is raped by a bunch of trees yeah um this is the most notorious scene in the movie by far this is the reason it was a video nasty it's a really insane thing it's just it's absolutely crazy. Nuts. like it's a bit much yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, 
but then uh, this whole movie is sort of a bit much and it's kind of like the point where it all goes completely bonkers as an entry into that it's almost appropriate I, it's still too much it's still too over the top but like it does get you in like the level of just yeah insanity I, that you're going to go through for the entire rest of this because it's completely non-stop from this point i still think i could have done without the pov shot of the <laughs> vine yes thrusting exactly. into the vagina yes it, it, it is uh too much I, completely it is a but... little too much everything <laughs> prior to that i was just kind of like oh is it's it like, gonna rape her oh yeah that's, like, that's what's being implied oh it's not being implied yeah it, it's it's uh, the legend of the overfiend and she gets away and she wants to be taken home and they they sort of argue about it but ash you know it's her he's her brother and he's like okay yeah i'll take you I'll, i will take you back see this is this is like what i actually i like this part of the movie um because so many times in these horror movies it's like oh i want to go home i want to go home you can't go home we have to stay at the cabin for some reason and that's just where we're gonna be but no ash is like here's ash like i don't believe you about the monster but i know you're having a real hard time so i'm gonna take you home anyway yeah, and it also establishes Ash as a pretty solid guy. He like, is okay. a good guy, which yeah. is a uh, it kind of really contrasts my uh version of him which is Duke yes. Nukem. Well, that's because... the other thing is that he is not that good of a guy in the subsequent movies. He becomes much more of a jerk. Uh and that's because it sort of became the Bruce Campbell character and that's really interesting in terms of what both of them did next, but I'll, I'll talk about that in our third part. Um, okay. But like here, he's just a really good dude <laughs> and yep. he becomes smarmier in two and he becomes like a full on jerk in number three. And I think he's just a jerk through uh, the, the series. And I guess part of that is also just the character going through all of these experiences and becoming jaded by them. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, he's had to, by the time Army of Darkness begins, he's already had to deal with this haunted house shit twice. He right. died in the first one. Yeah, although... That's what, gonna fuck you up. What I love about it is that it also is just the path of Bruce Campbell as an actor and just the characters he played. Because, like, at this point, you know, he was just Sam Raimi's best bud. They were kind of dorks. They liked you know, Three Stooges and Looney Tunes and horror movies, and they put them together. And they were both, you know, kind of nerdy guys. And that's sort of like the energy he brings to this. Just, you know, a, a solid, nice guy. And then the characters he developed into when you get, like, the more well-known Bruce Campbell's swaggering big chin persona. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he becomes that character, but like a really caricatured angry version of it by the third movie it's a yeah. kind of a compelling arc uh but anyway they they can't drive back to town obviously <laughs> I, I love when they get to the the bridge beautiful um, effect yeah like they the camera does this thing where it's like a dutch angle but only for the character silhouettes and the car is still lateral mm -hmm. oh that that was just 
<laughs> that just tripped me out because I'm like, why is he walking sideways? It's just and, so surreal. And I, I totally love the matte painting of the bridge being out. Oh, it was it was dark. I didn't really catch it. Oh, is there is there not? Oh, maybe I'm also thinking of Evil Dead 2 in that one. Cause oh, maybe. They do it in both of them. Yeah, maybe that is two that has the the really great matte painting where it's just like the, all of the rails are bent up. Uh, but obviously, oh, yeah, no, they, yeah, that's didn't they have that. There were the yeah. rails bent up, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't register it as a matte painting. Oh yeah, no, that wasn't real. That that's oh. that was totally a matte painting. Gorgeous matte painting, very realistic, oh, quite excellent. And so yeah, the bridge is gone. They they uh, it has been horribly wrenched, like. This huge steel bridge has been wrenched upwards uh, on both sides, which is terrifying. Yeah, but the bridge was already on its way out. I mean, well, true. But the, what what is really notable about it is that it is all twisted upwards. So something cataclysmic happened. And I guess I just didn't see it. I guess it was just too dark. My eyes just couldn't make it out. I don't know. Oh, well, like, because they were all bent upwards and there are all these steel girders. So something huge had to have happened or some huge force would have had to have done it. How did they not hear it? This this would be a terrifying thing because obviously it's just a supernatural event. They are trapped here uh, by this thing. And now it just is in control of the entire environment. Mm hmm. So, like, just the the concept that you get out here and you see that this has happened to the bridge, you didn't hear it happen, and you would have heard something this <laughs> monumental <laughs> taking place because you're, you know, a short drive away. Uh, yeah. That would be a thing like, okay, uh, maybe this, maybe you were raped by a bunch of trees. I'm sorry for doubting you. <laughs> well, yeah, she's even saying, see, it doesn't, it won't let us leave. Yeah. And she's right. Uh, so they go back to the cabin, of course, and they, you know, continue to listen to the tape because, I mean, they've already unleashed this thing, so why not, right? Yeah, well, maybe it'll have a clue for how to stop it. It doesn't. No, but it says you have to chop up the dead uh, uh, to... <laughs> Complete dismemberment is required. <laughs> the only way. Uh, it's like, okay, so we're we're going to be running into that territory. Good to know, good to know. And there, there, uh, Cheryl becomes fully possessed. Uh, they're, they're doing a card game and Cheryl is just loudly calling out all the cards. And like, as she's getting more and more of them, right, everyone kind of turns to her and, you know, her, her eyes go crazy. We, we get those great contacts. Yeah. So here's. <laughs> Here's my big problem with uh, the movie. Why the the only the part that and and it's such a huge part of the movie that it kind of colors the whole thing for me. I don't like these zombies. I don't find them. I don't like watching or listening to them. I just want them to shut up. They're very loud zombies. Like again, th- this is a slapstick horror. So this is a big thing of the Sam Raimi influence on horror and. I, I agree. It's something that I have really mixed feelings on. Uh, I don't love pretty much everything influenced by Sam Raimi. <laughs> like there's very little of the stuff that was a really big, uh, that like was really influenced by him in terms of that sort of uh, splattery comic energy. 
the the three stooges type energy applied to a lot of subsequent you know blockbuster horror i kind of hate a lot of that stuff mm. so <laughs> i totally feel you on that but like i kind of love them here because i'm just so familiar with just the the way this works and how they're a totally different type of zombie they're these are the evil dead they're not yeah, really they're zombies not really they're zombies just, at all they're something else they're yeah, the evil dead exactly yeah they're they're being used as a vessel uh the, the this person no longer exists it is just like this being that is now using the body for whatever they want to do yeah which is scream a bunch yeah well uh, what what the the demon says is who disturbed my sleep <laughs> so it's just pissed off everybody's woken up what yeah. the hell? I was just trying to sleep for a million years. You woke me up, so now you're going to face the consequences. I feel that. <laughs> I get that. No, I mean, yeah. That's how I feel towards anything that ever wakes me up. Yeah, especially just like, you know, when it's way before you wanted to. <laughs> like, so, I still had two hours before my alarm was going to go off. It literally happened to me today, and I was not oh. happy. <laughs> so I, I, I really am on uh, Team Demon on this one. <laughs> uh, although, you know, the, the way it is carried out is probably an ideal. Uh, she uh, stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil, and it's, ooh, ooh it's yeah. so, so gushy. Like, it oh. really digs in there. Like, it lingers on the shot for a good, like... Yep. You know, maybe 10 it, seconds. Like, rips this hole in her. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it, there's, there's chaos. Everybody fights. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, they, they get her locked into the cellar. Where uh, she spends the rest of the movie bashing the freaking trap door. Yes. I, I think ultimately she does escape. She does she escape. She does get out of it, ultimately. <laughs> eventually. But it takes a long time. Yes, she will constantly remind everyone that she is there and uh, make problems. And and that that is part of the thing with these. uh, And this is totally true of Evil Dead 2 as well. I think it may be the loudness (laughs) of the zombies sort of works better in the more heightened comedic environment, perhaps. And maybe that might be what this (laughs) I think that's what this neat this movie needed. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And certainly that's how I felt the first time I saw it. But it is one that just it's it's really grown on me over time because it's just like this demon is really obnoxious and it just is so fed up with everyone and it is just going to rain hell down on everyone. And it sort of fits with everything we see with uh, later iterations of the, the the Evil Dead movies, like when they go to you know, in Army of Darkness, in the Deadland, uh, and the Deadites. They are all assholes. <laughs> they are. Like, they're obnoxious. They, they, And everybody's kind of loud. And <laughs> again, it's it's that slapstick element. It's the Three Stooges element. Yeah, I guess it just never really landed for me. Yeah, I totally get that. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's nonstop. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like... Shelly gets taken. Oh yeah, uh, Shelly gets possessed too. Yeah, like a, a a demon gets through the window. She she attacks Scott. 
Ooh, that's another cool thing. We never see what the actual demon looks like. We only see uh, POV shots of it going through the woods and like knocking down trees. Which is so cool. Yeah, the, yeah. the POV shots are amazing. They were literally shot by like Sam Raimi on a motorcycle, just like driving around <laughs> with the... With it on like the handlebars, uh, which is how in the final shot of the movie, I believe uh, it's, I, I don't remember what it was. He broke. He he ran into Bruce Campbell in that final oh, shot God. and he, he broke something. <laughs> I think he like broke an ankle or something. Oh, Jesus. Uh, or is that an Evil Dead, too? I like they do the, that same shot in both of them. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh it, it, I think it was this one because, uh, you know, the, the homemade quality of it, it feels kind of yeah. like it would happen. It uh, but it, so Linda gets Scott, but Scott uh, gets her like he throws her into the fireplace first. Uh, oh, yeah. But like uh, she Scott chops her up. Yeah, Scott. uh ends up chopping her up with an axe while she's all like, or not Linda, Shelly? Shelly. Shelly, yeah. And while Shelly's saying, no, Scott, you love me. You love her. You love her. (laughs) Yeah. And Scott's just like, no, fuck this shit. Yeah, and and at the same time, of course, we have uh, Cheryl from the floorboards and like, yeah, let us out. It's fine. No, we're okay now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and and They're then like, immediately, like, flipping back around, like, ah, ha, 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 ha. like the witch from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, yeah, Linda got, uh, Linda doesn't get got till later. She got. She, right. Yeah. So uh, that, that's shortly yeah, after this. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, they end up burying the still twitching, dismembered pieces of Shelley. Yeah. And Scott is like, I'm going to just get out of here and he he like is gonna backpack out somehow or or something yeah yeah that's the concept (laughs) (laughs) well well, well, what about linda it's like or um yeah linda what about linda oh no she's your girlfriend you deal with her Uh, and i guess fair enough i mean scott was just up here for a couple's weekend (laughs) yeah ash is the one who brought his sister along and just everything went nuts and Scott just shows up back at the cabin shortly after, dead. <laughs> like yeah. dying. Uh, the, the yeah, we don't really him. see what happened. Oh, yeah. I, I think he says the, tr- the trees got him. Because uh, he, he does tell Ash, like, the trees won't let you escape. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. And then Ash goes to check on Linda, and she is possessed. Uh, yeah, so we don't okay. see her get got. She, it just have, I guess it's from when she was stabbed in the ankle with the pencil. That's what I'm guessing, yeah. I mean, it seems to just be able to possess people when it's most fun to possess someone. Because it does possess um, Ash in the second one at some point, And he just, like, is able to get it out. Because, like, it, it's uh, like the sun rises, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I haven't rewatched that one in, I guess, a year. Now we'll watch it again next week. Uh, so yeah, uh, Scott's dead and Linda is possessed and like uh oh yeah, they they got the Sumerian dagger. With oh the, yeah, the, the dagger. And uh he stabs her with that. 
So wow. it it seems to kill them. Like the Sumerian dagger, I guess, stops them. But it he, seems to work, but but he won't seems to finish him off. Yeah, right. He gets the iconic ash chainsaw and revs it up, but then you can't do it. <laughs> great, great, uh, tearful acting by <laughs> by the by the wonderful Bruce. Uh, and so he buries her, and he he like you know puts a cross and he hangs that little terrible necklace on it. Yeah, <laughs> the necklace with the magnifying glass on it. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, which is funny because he has it later. Yeah, well, like huh, okay. I, I, I can't. Remember. Yeah, hmm. How does that get back to him? I can't I really. Know. Maybe she has it when I don't know. Uh, but she, she revives, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, excellent decapitation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he just uh, it's it's a great swinging of the shovel uh pov of bruce and her head just going flying oh yeah then her body is like on him and her <laughs> neck is spitting blood into his mouth. so much goo yeah, oh, the, yeah from this point forward he is just completely covered in filth all the time <laughs> Because, like, he's just dug a grave, and then he is attacked by a corpse, which falls on him with just green and red blood just pouring out everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) He's starting to look like the Ash I remember. Yeah, it's sort of a hallmark of the series. (laughs) And he gets inside, and Cheryl has gotten out. Yeah. But, like, she's she's, uh, trying to choke him, uh, but, like, he gets the gun. And he shoots her. Oh yeah, shoots her and like explodes her head. Yeah, because like he he has the gun uh, right up under her chin. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd think that's going to be the end of it, but no. <laughs> no, of course he he starts barricading the door, but Scott comes back to life because he didn't chop up Scott either. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even yeah. bury him. Yeah. Uh, really, and so really got to do the dismembering thing. I guess there's no way around it. I, I mean, they they made it very clear in the instructions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a big scuffle. We we have Scott and Ash, uh, and then I think we we've got Cheryl. She she comes back. I I think her head regrows. Something like that. Because like there, there's I I think it's a, like a really cool paper mache effect and like. Uh, her her head sort of grows back, uh, and it's uh, Ash and Scott and Cheryl all sort of brawling in the living room, and like he's trying to get the Book of the Dead into the fire. Yeah, so he's like he's got the magnifying glass necklace, and he's like trying to use it to grapple the book so he can grab it and toss it in, and he manages to eventually. Eventually, after much like stabbing, like he's being like uh, jabbed at constantly and he's screaming and it's just a whole insane Three Stooges thing. Like if the music were it would fit it like it does have that energy. Yeah, but it just, Um, you know, it plays it straight, which makes it work. (laughs) Yeah. So once he gets the book into the fire, here's where all the really cool effects come in. Yeah, they they just turn to nothing. Everybody just kind of disintegrates. Really like, cool effects. 
yeah, like a really neat like stop motiony thing. Yeah, like claymation, slow motion or a stop motion. A lot of really cool elements to it. Uh and yeah, they just sort of collapse they, into themselves and blow yeah. away. Yeah, like but turning then, into multicolored dust. And but then like they start exploding and like crud comes out of them. Uh, <laughs> Ash is just like completely covered in muck and blood and goo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know Ash stumbles outside, and then we get that incredible last shot of the <laughs> the camera coming at him and just like slamming into him and just. That's how it ends. That's Rules. how it ends. Ash got caught. Of course. Uh, that's that's it. No more Ash. So have to use somebody else for the rest of the franchise. So like, that that's what Evil Dead does. Is it has the the first like twenty minutes or so is this movie like their own remake of it, like a an, a, a quasi remake, and then that happens, and then the movie continues from there. Oh okay okay. See, I thought I was under the impression that Evil Dead 2 was just a remake of this, but funny. I mean, sort of. It, like, it's it's not fully that. Like, it, it sort of works this. Like, this scene happens, but it happens earlier. Like, he gets possessed and, like, becomes unpossessed and all sorts of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. The only uh, thing I remember is him sharing a laugh with all the laughing deer heads in the cabin. Oh, yeah, totally. Which... Uh, I, and I couldn't remember if that was from that one or this one, and it's not in this one. But I can't see the not deer, head, deer head and waiting for it to happen because it just had this whole there hilarious is look head. on its face. Yeah, yeah, the deer head's there. But yeah, I mean, like it's it's very lean. It's it's a quick movie. It's like what eighty minutes, eighty five, eighty five. Uh, yeah, about eighty five. Yeah. And yeah, it it just it's got a crazy energy, and it it is just all crazy gore action and there's nothing less like it it, it just it it never stops once it gets going until oh, yeah. like it just ends with the camera slamming into the main character and killing him <laughs> yep yep <laughs> like the camera sort of is the villain sam raimi torments bruce campbell through the camera through the entire movie and that's sort of like he, he does the entirety <laughs> of these movies like Especially in the second one, they have him like on a rig, just driving him through the forest and whipping him with branches <laughs> <laughs> for like the possession sequence. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah. And, and I really love this movie. It's got so much energy uh, and I don't know, it's just so uh, wonderfully handcrafted. Just every element of it is so perfectly crafted. Uh, it, it really feels like the labor of love that it is. Hmm. I think they needed to tone down the zombies a little bit. I was definitely feeling Ash every time he was saying, shut up, Linda. <laughs> and the best part for me was the like the last 10 or 20 minutes after the zombies were dealt with, and it's just Ash dealing with the forest. Mm, yeah. Well, and then like the, the, the second one is kind of more like that. Like you do have a bunch of zombies hanging around, or, you know, Evil Dead. Yeah. But it's it's sort of a little bit different because there's a lot more variety in them because you could do a lot of more effects with the budget they had for that second one. Uh, you know, the deer heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And there, there's, a, in, in that one, Linda be, becomes like a dancing headless corpse. 
There's that great claymation sequence with her doing a whole dance routine. Oh, I don't remember that. Happily leaping off screen. It's one of my favorite moments. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's that's pretty much everything for Evil Dead. I mean, like that that's the whole thing. There's not a ton of plot to the movie. Like no, it is no, not at all. It is just pure action from beginning to end. There's not a lot of uh uh fussing about what we're going to do people just do things it's great <laughs> yeah we don't have them like spending five minutes flipping coins to figure out who's going to go to the basement no scott just decides i'm going to go to the basement you jerks wait here <laughs> yeah. and then like when you call me even though i can probably hear you because this is a small cabin with an unbelievably voluminous basement somehow uh oh, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to ignore you, because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Scott's a dick. Scott's kind of a jerk. He's a uh, and a jerk. Like, it, it contrasts well with how lovely Bruce is. Yeah, I, I like that he was that he was just a nice, sweet, upstanding guy in this. Yeah, and I, I, I especially like it in, the, in contrast to the other movies. Uh, like, having seen them so many times, it's really fun to go back here and see him as just this sweet college kid. And then, you know, Evil Dead 2 it really puts him through the ringer and he gets angrier and angrier. And then army of darkness, he is so cynical. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, 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 yeah, the ash from army of darkness is not even the same character as the ash from here. No. I mean, like you can see the progression, like knowing yeah. them, I, you, you can see the progression and I really dig that. Uh, although of course that was not intended here. I don't think they ever could have imagined they were going to make three of these and have, a, a subsequent, no. like, three seasons of TV. Oh, yeah, right. I haven't seen any of that. I haven't either. I really need to. I do have the first season. I really got to start watching that sometime. Uh, but, yeah, uh, uh, any last thoughts uh, before we move on to the third part? Well, it's a movie that I could see growing on me. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just got sick of just taking turns stabbing the zombies and then the zombies coming back and then just, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I get it. It's like, if, if you need to be like the right was, headspace for it yeah. as well, but like, it's, it's certainly just a, a weird uh, pop energy and it, it does help to go into it thinking of more in like being in a, a three stooges space of mind more than uh, anything. Maybe that's else. what I needed to do. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, on to our third section. And we're back for the third part, where, as always, we talk about some other movies watched in the past week and decide what we're going to watch for the next week's uh, episodes. Uh, so I did not watch a bunch of stuff, uh, but we've got a handful here, and uh, I really kind of stacked the deck towards one of these, basically. I'm looking at the... Which one's going to be picked. Uh, there, I'm looking a, at the choices, but I don't... Well, well, we're gonna see. Cause... So the first first pick is Deadly Force, uh, starring our friend Wings Hauser. Oh, okay, yep, all right. He, <laughs> he he plays this extremely chaotic private investigator. He was a former cop in Los Angeles, but he was too much of a loose cannon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when is Wings Hauser a cop who's not a who's not <laughs> fucked up 
See, this is an early one. This is 83. Ooh. So this is like, you know, Wings Hauser is a leading man. Uh, this is pre-Tough Guys, but after yeah. Wings Living Right. Yeah. So he he's living in Philly and just doing really weird jobs. And he, like, there's this serial killer in L.A. that's killed, like, 40 people already and the police are just getting nowhere with it for whatever reason we don't really get much insight into the police uh but like the granddaughter of a friend of his in la gets killed by the ex-killer the ex-killer so, yeah because he carves an x into their forehead oh god okay all right cool <laughs> uh so he goes to la to help figure this out but like nobody in la wants him back uh the both like both sides of the law the entire police force like his his former chief shows up and is like i'm giving you one day to get out of town (laughs) (laughs) and there's like all sorts of different criminals out to kill him because they hate him from when he was a cop uh there's this whole insane conspiracy conspiracy about a crooked prison uh that heavily fuels the plot a specific crooked prison. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that, that's sort of just, yeah. It's 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 like it is. What does a non-crooked prison look like? <laughs> I don't know. Like this is an especially <laughs> crooked one. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, there's like this whole specific abuse scandal. Uh, I think I, I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, uh, it's like of the period. It's totally just like late night cinemax slush but i i really enjoyed it just because of wings uh and right. you know, it's, it's just you know uh next up is crime wave the second sam raimi film oh. so i i mentioned this uh and that that i'd talk a bit about the further development of the bruce campbell story uh so okay <laughs> with the second one uh sam and bruce and uh bob tappert like totally intended to have Bruce be the lead character. They wrote the lead character for him because he was like the third part of the ensemble. Like they they made right. these movies together. You know, they grew up doing this, but the studio didn't want Bruce Campbell as the lead just because, you know, he was their buddy. But so they, they just didn't want him. They, they didn't want him to be the lead. Bruce Campbell's a lead <laughs> that's what that's he was unproven he he'd, they'd only made one movie uh, yeah, he'd only true, made one but... movie it was a movie made in the backyard so they were like mm, they don't want him so instead it's this guy reed bernie uh who you'd know from house of cards um i, I probably do but uh he's donald blythe oh okay, pretty important okay. character he's like yeah. through the entire series yeah so he's... it's this guy uh when he's really young this is 85. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I, I probably wouldn't recognize him anyway, then. Uh, he looks actually very similar. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, just like him, younger, with, like, not with white hair. Uh, it's written by the Cohen brothers. Oh. Because uh, they were all buds. This was before the Co- Like, I think the Cohen brothers had made Blood Simple by this point, maybe? Not sure. And... It just didn't work somehow. <laughs> like it's it's well well known as a disaster. Uh, oh. They they didn't really know how to work with the studio because they had not worked with the studio in their first film. They had no idea 
uh, how much of the budget would go to unions. So they didn't plan for it and they had a lot less money than they expected. And of course they wrote the part for Bruce Campbell and the energy Reed Bernie brings to it. It's like, everybody is like a hundred percent, a thousand percent committed in this movie. Uh, like the yelling zombies, everybody is the yelling zombies in this movie. Uh, (laughs) and the, the problem is that, uh, while everybody is totally committed and giving really zany cartoon performances, the performances just don't harmonize well. They they kind of clash. They're they're not directed best. I like I I don't know where it is that that the failing is, but just there there are a lot of just really jangly performances. Uh, it's like a Looney Tunes noir. It, it feels a hundred percent like a live action cartoon, and that's clearly what they were going for. They have this guy running around, uh, Brian James, uh, you know Leon from Blade Runner. Oh yeah, yeah, and something else that we've talked about recently, I think. But he's oh, yeah, something else. I he's just like, it. it's him and this other guy, and they're a couple psychopaths on a crime spree, and he has just this big electrocution machine, which is totally amazing. <laughs> he just zaps people with it. the The greatest scene in the movie is definitely when he uh, zaps someone with it. It looks absolutely incredible. Uh, yes. and. Uh, just th- their paths converge. Obviously, Reed Bernie, he goes out on a date and or no, he he's goes out on the town and he wants to date this lady, but she's dating Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell's character, Ronaldo the Heel, is the character okay. he ends up being given uh, because the main character, the nerdy, uh, nice guy who's just trying to do right, but is, uh, you know, uh, shit on by the universe is supposed to be Bruce Campbell, but they couldn't, they couldn't cast him in that. So he becomes the smarmy jerk character and he does it so well. And he, so he he nails it here. He's the obvious standout of the movie. (laughs) Oh, so that's how it happens. Every moment. And you can see like, well, this is, he's a movie star. Look at this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's fascinating. Uh, It is a disaster. It's got an incredible 20 minute freeway chase battle with the electrocution machine on top of moving cars Uh, like as just a technical feat for this second film that they had a really low budget on and a lot less than they expected. It's very impressive. It's just the editing is kind of a disaster. It got taken away from them and it wasn't like perfect to begin with before it got taken away from them. It was just Um, kind of like they, they only had so much to work with because there were a lot of sacrifices that had to be made. And the score is incredibly obnoxious. Oh no. Uh, This was uh, covered on the blank check podcast this week. And someone in the subreddit posted uh, an image of the subtitles. Goofy, (laughs) deep, goofy music intensifies. (laughs) And that's very uh, accurate. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's totally fascinating, but it is kind of a trial in in the like in exactly the same way as you're saying with the zombies. It's, it's just like it's really too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I live for deep, goofy music intensifies though. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. <laughs> uh, 
next up is It's Nothing Mama, Just a Game. Uh, this is one I, I, I mentioned briefly last week. <laughs> this is really bizarre Spanish Euro sleaze uh, uh, about this wealthy plantation owner, I think in South America. Okay. And he, he in, in the opening scene, we see this girl dressed in a rabbit costume, dressed up as a bunny. Uh, and like playing what she thinks is a hunting game, but like he actually hunts her down with a pack of dogs and kills her. Oh. And that's the opening scene. And then we have the funeral and he's just mopey because he doesn't have uh, someone to torture anymore. Cause like he, he's just like this, this wealthy psychopath and he's oh, sort of like, of and, and it's just this whole thing of him. He pressures his mother into acquiring a girl from the village to be the new serving lady. And he kind of tries to break her down to do the same thing with her. Uh, and it's sort of just like the battle of wills between the two of them. Uh, and like totally uh, abated or uh, abetted by the mother uh, at all turns. It's a very twisted, uh, creepy, psychosexual stuff. Fascinating uh, and and solid. But uh, probably not something you dig. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. <laughs> to be totally to honest, I don't think you dig it. Uh, but I, I, I would recommend it to people who are interested in just like that really crazy, heady, uh, sleazy Euro stuff from that period. Uh, next is The Matrix Reloaded. Ah, speaking of freeway chases, the big freeway chase. Uh, probably the best part of this movie the about the only thing i actually remember like it's the thing that when i got the dvd back in the day that i would constantly rewatch. but there wasn't a lot else that i returned to there wasn't uh, a lot else yeah period, like, is there well it's it's definitely grown on me uh, well what i think is most compelling about it is that it did the last jedi thing way sooner it's completely a fuck this destiny narrative shit right okay you know i watched matrix 2 um when it was new and i didn't like it at the time i, I can't remember liked. why yeah. see for me i, I liked had the freeway yeah, uh I, I no had... you know i did like it at the time and now i don't remember and then i ended up not liking it in retrospect i don't know what happened well i think revolutions really tainted it for a lot of people and it certainly did for me i like revolutions left a really bad taste in my mouth and i kind of stopped going back to reloaded as a result of it revolutions is where i figured out that they were just trying to make an anime <laughs> yeah that, that is accurate like they were heavily heavily influenced by anime and were never secretive about it oh yeah i mean like neo versus agent smith is just a dragon ball z fight Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of that in this. But like this one, it's much more, and I think self-consciously video gamey. Like the burly brawl, which just goes on punishingly long. <laughs> yeah, there's this, you this really one with don't the whole thing about any longer. the guy with the keys. It is, and, yeah. You got yeah. the uh, You got Bane. In the background, this guy who is going to be the big threat in the third movie, who I couldn't care less about ever. Wait, I thought the third threat in the third movie was Agent Smith. I mean, both. Well, you know, it's it Agent Smith inhabiting Bane in the real world. 
So like they set him up, he gets infected. Oh by yeah, something. right. I forgot about that whole thing where he. And it's totally yeah, key to the third Smith movie. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and I hate it in the third movie. It's the worst part of the third movie, and I don't care about it here, and it just wastes time. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about this that's shaggy and doesn't work, but I've really come to appreciate a lot of it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I like what it was doing philosophically. It just, you know, the, you know, the, the, the whole rug pull, how, uh, you know, Neo as the one kind of doesn't dig being the one is, is really not, not enjoying it at all. He just wants to sleep with his girlfriend and, uh, I get it. And like he he really is uncomfortable with all these people worshiping him. <laughs> he really hates yeah. that. And then like you know he gets to the end and realizes it's all just been a system of control. Yeah, the the whole thing was his whole destiny was basically bullshit. And I okay, I do like that. That the it's whole completely thing was... a, yeah. This destiny narrative shit is another system of control. Uh, yeah, and I. At the time, you know, I, I wouldn't have really conceptualized that, but the the, the idea that, yeah, this is uh, specifically saying that these types of movies and the narratives that, like, go by these, you know, destiny people with, you know, important bloodlines or whatever uh, are kind of bad. <laughs> like, that's, that's not oh, a great yeah. thing to uh, do. Uh, no, so, yeah, I... <laughs> I respect yeah, it a lot oh, more I have now. Words to say about the chosen one narrative. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Not not. <laughs> we don't have enough time in this show, but we'll get to it one. We'll get oh, to it sure. when we get to a movie with it. Yeah, and so like it's it's a super uneven movie. I really don't like the weird ghost twins, even though the effects for them are pretty cool. The oh, Merovingian. Yeah, I about those. <laughs> I'm I'm mixed on the Merovingian. Uh, it's an interesting sequence, but. It's it's something I don't know. Do you do you remember that the weird Not Frenchman really. in the like who oh, protects of. exiled programs and he has like werewolf bodyguards and there's the two twins who work for him who are yeah. albino and like face. I remember the albino twins now. Yeah. Um, is this the one with the rave? Yes, that's also in here. Like it's there's just so much. It's it's really overpacked. <laughs> oh wow. It's a mess, uh, but it's it's very interesting, and there's a lot of things I like about it. Just you know, it's it's so it's such a mixed bag. Uh, yeah. And last, sorry, go ahead. Interesting because the first, <laughs> I always found it kind of interesting because I I haven't the watched it in a while, perfect. but the first one I found unassailable. Perfect. I rewatched it. Uh, I, I've rewatched it like three or four times in the past couple of years. It rules. It's perfect. Uh, and revolutions, I would say, is uh better than reloaded on okay. coming back to all of them and sort of appreciating them on the more philosophical levels that they were intended to be because i mean yeah, the, these are movies that have commentary tracks by three philosophers oh really i didn't know yeah. that <laughs> and they they actually cast one of them in this movie he's one of the guys on the council oh cool uh, and last edition is the original Friday the 13th. Just, you know, my ultimate comfort food movie. <laughs> I threw it on because I was having a bad day. And uh, it's just great. Uh, I, I love everything about it. It's uh, weird to say about just like uh, a slasher movie, especially one of the originators and one of the ones that was like banned as a huge video nasty. But it's just it's such a chill vibe. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's yeah. mostly just you know there people hanging out in the forest playing pranks it's it's mostly just that and without even like the comedy you know of like yeah your meatballs <laughs> yeah and then yeah that's right i i remember watching this one not i thought it wasn't that long ago but i think it might it must have been a while now because i don't remember much of it anymore but the fact that i thought i had watched it recently and thought i remembered it a lot i remember being that being the reason that friday the 13th part two is in our sacks instead of this one right because <laughs> i thought that by watching the 2008 thing i had kind of seen the first one again which is it's Not very really different how it is. Well, no. Yeah, because like it's such a different plot. It's it's an uh, it's a real outlier in the series. It's kind of, like coming back to it yeah, after not... having it. Like every time I've rewatched the whole series and I come back to this one, it kind of feels like an art film. <laughs> well, yeah, this this isn't the Jason that we. Well, Jason's not even in it. <laughs> well, I mean, he's sort of in it. He's in yeah. it as a mutant child at the end. Okay, so like b- before, because I. I you're probably not going to pick Friday the 13th. Correct? Probably not. No, uh, I don't so, think I am. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it another time this year. Most likely it will be mm-hmm. up for grabs many, many times. Oh, uh, sure. But like my, my fan theory on it on this last watching, because I recently did that full rewatch is I, I think of Jason as like a consciousness that when he drowned as a child he possessed the mother's body to a certain extent and you know got revenge through her as a vessel and then when she is killed at the end of this movie spoilers i guess if you haven't seen scream or any horror movie ever yeah (laughs) but like then she it his consciousness returned to his body and turn it into a giant mountain man yeah and then just like <laughs> or maybe possessed some other body that just like happened to be somewhere in that area because like another person that got uh disposed it, of in the lake well the thing is because it, it happens like a year later like the, the next movie is only a year or so later and he's fully grown hell of a growth spurt yeah, so like him going from little mutant child to, you know, hulking terrifying beast. Uh I I don't know. I so I I'm 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 asserting a a body uh jumping spirit thing. And I guess that's kind of what the awful Jason goes to hell brain slug concept was supposed to do. I never really thought about it until this watching, but I don't like that solution. I I prefer <laughs> it just to be like a spirit consciousness type thing. <laughs> no, bugs. Uh, Jason's a bug. So, uh, that's it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, tempted as I am to pick Matrix Reloaded, I would honestly rather watch the first Matrix again for like the thousandth time. That is completely um, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do plan to revisit the whole trilogy and then eventually check out the new one, but yes, who knows? Uh, I, I got We haven't visited Mr. Hauser lately, have we? We haven't. A, it's been at least a couple months. Yeah, and uh, this one is. Uh, I mean, it's all Hauser. He is the star. Uh, like uh, I said, I I kind of stacked the deck. It, it was 
almost definitely going to be that from the beginning. There was no way it was going to be. It's nothing, Mama. Uh, and all of like Crime Wave is the only really interesting one there. And it's not a good movie, but it is a fascinating movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I need to see some of that Wingshauser possibly coked up and or drunked up craziness. But who knows if it's early in his career, maybe he didn't. Uh, as I recall, the, one of my favorite reviews on uh, Letterboxd for Deadly Force <laughs> mentions there is a scene in this movie where Wings Hauser uh, refuses a drink, uh, which is the best acting performance of his life. <laughs> <laughs> along those lines, really good. Oh. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so there are only two additions to the stacks, and oddly enough, both of these are kind of zombie movies. Oh, okay, uh, what so, have we got? So first, there's The Living Dead Girl, uh, I guess, which is where uh, Rob Zombie took the name from. It's an early 80s French zombie movie by Jean Roland. Uh, he, he's kind of like Jess Franco, kind of a, a weird sort of layer of eroticism in his horror movies. Just okay. weird dreamlike haziness. Uh, so this is a zombie movie where uh, there's a toxic waste spill in a crypt and it okay. resurrects this lady who is in the crypt. But she just becomes a really kind of sad and depressed zombie. <laughs> like she does oh. still <laughs> eat people and like tear people up and it's really gory. But like she also just hangs out with her old friend. <laughs> it's It's hazy and stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've not seen this one exactly. I've seen a lot of his stuff and, uh, I'm familiar with the, the vibe and I kind of always love them. Uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, and only one other addition, Deadly Friend, uh, Wes Craven film, kind of a weird one that got sort of messed around by the studio. Very bizarre film. Uh, so there's this young computer genius, like a, a high school, junior high computer genius. He's moving into this new town and he has a talking robot. Uh, and he, like he, he works with MIT already. Uh, his robot is voiced by Charles Fleischer, uh, the voice of Roger Rabbit. It's incredibly okay. annoying. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, right. All the time. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of the studio issue, like the studio uh, messing with it. <laughs> uh, he falls in love with the girl next door, but she has an abusive dad and he murders her. So okay. Boy Genius brings her back to life as a cyborg to get her revenge. Cool. <laughs> I guess. A weird film. It's kind of a mess, but yeah, kind of fascinating as well. Right on. Uh, but yeah, those are the only additions this week. Uh, so uh, what do you figure for our main feature? Um, well, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go up uh, to the up to the top of our list, uh, mm-hmm. or near the top, not right at the top, but we in those few rows that we haven't really touched. Mm. And I'm looking at uh, Malibu Express now. That's good time. Uh, yeah. So this is. Uh, uh, Cody Abilene, who's sort of the precursor main character in this series, who is only in this one. And then I think all of the rest of them are uh, various Playboy playmates. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, because the, sec- uh, the next one 
is the next one hard taken to Hawaii? I think that's either the second or third one. Oh no, there's one more in between. Picasso Trigger, I believe. Okay. It's crazy how many of these there are. Uh, this one also has <laughs> Sybil Danning, uh, oh, you know, cool. the star of uh, L.A. Bounty. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah. So she's one of the, like she's the main lady in this, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, so oh, that'll so be we'll fun. We'll be talking about uh, the cast of L.A. Bounty again next week. Oh, yeah, we totally will. It's both of them reunited. <laughs> I didn't even uh, do that on purpose. Nice. All right. So, yeah, next week we'll be uh, talking about uh, the Andy Sedaris film Malibu Express, as well as uh, a, a fun kind of ridiculous 80s cop movie with the great Wings Hauser, Deadly Force. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Yeah, this should be a good time. Uh, any last thoughts before we finish off for the evening? Uh, yeah. If there's a news report that says don't drink the water, maybe don't. Maybe don't, but like maybe sometimes don't. it's hard not to. Oh, it and, is hard not and to. And I feel that that's <laughs> sort of one of the points that this movie is making. Again, a, another thing that feels really prescient about this, the whole Michigan water thing, it's like yeah. I mean, boil water, uh, boil water advisory, or like you really can't drink the water. And it's like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? People drink yeah. a lot of water. People use water a lot. Well, yeah, it's like the reporters even said, I don't know how you're going to do this, but don't <laughs> drink water. Uh, Harry Knowles. Yeah. yeah. That guy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. And keep watching the stacks.